It's Free Talk Live. You're invited here to join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open and available to you on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm. As uh, we continue to broadcast to you every single day, we talk about the ideas of freedom and sometimes what's in the news. And, of course, what has been uh, dominating the headlines recently has been the recent shootings. Uh, And I know uh, Dave, Silver Dave, has some comments on those. Welcome, Silver Dave. Thanks for having me in. My pleasure. I think Johnson is actually on his way in. He called me from the uh, the parking lot, which is normally just a uh, a house driveway, but there's actually a bunch of construction outside, so it's actually hard to get to uh, at the moment. So he's on his way in. And uh, let's see. Oh, so in the news, 8chan apparently did lose its hosting, or not hosting, but its Cloudflare I don't know, uh, Dave, if you're familiar with the uh, the Cloudflare service. Uh, I'm like not a, familiar with Cloudflare, no. You'll see it pop up on like a website. If you're trying to go to a website and the site is down, there'll frequently be a Cloudflare error that uh, that comes up. So like, it won't be a completely blank page. It'll be an error from Cloudflare that explains that the site in question is no longer available. And uh, so what Cloudflare does is it's a system that um, that website webmasters can hire. Uh, and actually, I think they still they may still offer a free service. I know a long time ago when they were first getting started, they, they did a free service and it was a little buggy. So I tried it for a while and, and then I dropped the service. But a lot of major websites use Cloudflare. And what Cloudflare basically does is it provides websites protections against certain types of attacks. So denial of service attacks or other types of online uh, attacks. Cloudflare does that. It uh, it distributes the content of the site to different servers around the planet. So if if one path to uh, to the site is down, it can kind of uh, pick it up in a, at at other locations around the planet. So it sort of distributes the uh, the site. They do some pretty useful things. And that's why the folks over at 8chan were utilizing Cloud uh, Cloudflare until apparently yesterday. According to NBCNews.com, a handful of companies that provide crucial internet services have announced they will not work with the anonymous online forum 8chan and, uh, and or other companies that work with it in the wake of a shooting in El Paso in which at least 22 people were killed. And so what... Uh, this is as a result of people contacting Cloudflare and saying, hey, we don't think that you should work with these people because 8chan is basically an internet S-show. It's a bunch of, you know, angry young males, most many of them. I don't know if all of them are. I don't spend really much time there. I know the, the site exists, but honestly, I couldn't tell you whether it's 8chan.org or 8chan.com. I don't uh, I don't even know what the URL is of it. Maybe I can pull that up here and see if they've uh, they've gotten back online since uh, Cloudflare took him down. Looks like it is... Oh, yeah, I was wrong. It's 8ch.net. And I'll let you know if the site's back online. But as of yesterday, Cloudflare took them off. Now, that doesn't mean the site itself would necessarily go away. It just means it would no longer have the Cloudflare protection uh, on the site and would therefore be more perhaps likely to uh, be taken down by a cyber attack 
of some sort. Cloudflare provides a variety of internet services, including protection against common cyber attacks, said that they plan to cease doing business with 8chan after the alleged gunman had posted his racist screed to the website. Cloudflare CEO Matthew Prince wrote in a blog post that his company was dropping 8chan, which the Anti-Defamation League has tied to the rise of online extremism after gunmen in Christchurch, New Zealand and Poway, California also used the site. So basically you've got three of this year's gunmen, uh, you know, the most recent ones, some of the most recent shootings in the on the planet, used 8chan. And... Uh, did they use it to plan their attacks? No, but they hung out there, basically. And it's kind of like a, an online message board where anybody can go, and it's an essentially it's unmoderated or very, very near unmoderated. There's very little that will get you dropped off of 8chan as far as if you're a, a, a user of the site. And that's, you know, was the purpose of the site. That's the reason why it was it was put up in the first place was to give people who are not wanted in any other online community a place that they could kind of call their own. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like the kind of the dregs of the Internet, basically. It's where uh, people who are complete pariahs, uh, wherever it is they've come from, will hang out. At least that's as I understand it. That's the way it's been you know explained over the last few days. And so now uh, Cloudflare's dropping them. Quote, the rationale is simple. They have proven themselves to be lawless. And that lawlessness has caused multiple tragic deaths, said Prince. Uh, that's again the cloud chair CEO of the decision. He said further, quote, even if 8chan may not have violated the letter of the law and refusing to moderate their hate-filled community, they have created an environment that revels in violating its spirit. And it's true, uh, or at least, you know, if, if somebody's on your message forum and they're cheering on um, mass murder, well, that's not illegal. You know, it's at least in the United States, it's, it's not illegal to cheer on somebody committing a crime. Um, it's tacky. It's distasteful. But they, they kind of can get you because they can say conspiracy if someone does get murdered and you encouraged it. I, I'm pretty sure that... They can charge you with some kind of a complicity crime well, I don't in some know. kind of roundabout way. I mean, they can certainly charge you with whatever it is they want to charge you I've with. at least seen it on Law & Order once or okay. twice. <laughs> um, and, and conspiracy is a, a pretty nebulous kind of charge that, in my opinion, probably shouldn't exist at all. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they can, they can definitely charge anybody they want with anything. But if you're just... If you're just excited by uh, watching people's demise, that's not the same thing as conspiring to make it happen. Um, if somebody posts a post that you know it, that revels in uh, somebody's death, that doesn't necessarily mean they're plotting the next killing. So I think they would have a t- I think they would have a tough time in getting those charges to stick. But that's not to say but they, they'll they they'll drag you through the mud along the way while they quote. You know, judicial system figures it out. Sure. Well, also, it will be hard to um, uh, to figure out who the users are because 8chan is not hosted inside the United States, as I understand it. At least from what I understand, the uh, founder is based in the Philippines. He's a former American military guy uh, who's based in the Philippines. And so I presume that means he's, you know, probably smart enough to not actually host the site inside the united states so the federal government would have a limited access as far as trying to get information out of the site like 
oh, well, who's user number 1479? Because they're all anonymous, right? Like there's no, uh, there aren't any accounts, as I understand it, with these, with these sites. And if they are, then they, you know, they don't require any identification or, or real names or anything like that. So in order for the government to get IP address information about users of the site, they would have to somehow subpoena uh, the site's owner, but he's in the Philippines. So how do you subpoena somebody that doesn't live inside the United States jurisdiction? Probably be pretty hard. Yeah. The message board suffered intermittent uh, intermittent outages on Monday morning after Cloudflare cut its services and right now I am unable to reach 8ch.net, so they are still down the message board uh on monday voxility another internet services company company said it would cease working with 8chan voxility banned their host epic from its platform effectively cutting off other hate sites that also use epics services now i don't know what voxility does but they're cutting them off in el paso investigators are reasonably confident the suspect in the shooting patrick crucius posted the anti-immigrant screed on the site shortly before the shooting which we did read most of it here on at the air. Um, we read the first basically three pages of uh, the four-page long manifesto. And uh, essentially in, the, in that uh, you know, manifesto, he made it pretty clear that he is a, a total arch statist who has embraced some of the worst from the right and some of the worst from the left uh, to combine together into a total statist platform of murder. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We got more on the way here. Plus, Dave is questioning reality itself when it comes to the shootings. We'll get into it. It's on the way. It's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. It's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Silver Dave. And we've also got uh, the Discord call-in line rooms. They're available to you at discord.lrn.fm. Hop into one of those. You get on the air with us and sound almost like you are sitting here in the studio with us, by the way, I want to uh, make sure that you know if you've got a local business that uh, you want to accept cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dash, Zcash, Bitcoin Cash, and several other cryptos at the point of sale at your cash register, then get on over to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com because they've made it super easy. Like, way easier than you think it's going to be. If you've never even been involved in cryptocurrency before, they'll take you through all the steps. It's super simple. Within moments from going to helpmetakebitcoin.com, you'll be able to accept Bitcoin and a bunch of other cryptos. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. They've got apps available for iOS and Android devices. Plus, you can just use a plain old web browser if you need to. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. We go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, More on the shootings Dave's got himself a conspiracy theory, or at least he's questioning things. We'll get into it. Uh, But a different Dave is on the line. This one's in Colorado. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Dave in Colorado? These vetoes in New Hampshire, have we? I hear you now. What now? Say again? We have have not talked yet about all these, uh, these vetoes in New Hampshire, have we? Um, I mean, I, I don't know about all of these vetoes. Uh, so, I mean, I know that the, the governor in New Hampshire did veto 
the uh, death penalty repeal, and luckily the state house overturned that veto. So that's one of the more noteworthy ones. Uh, what were some of the ones you wanted to mention? It's actually the the aggregate that's interesting. I guess the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is reporting that he's already vetoed forty four, or I guess forty bills this year, or maybe this session, and he's expected to veto more. Well, that's great news. I think. I mean, generally, I support not passing laws. So if he's going to veto a bunch of them, then <laughs> then good. Yeah, constructive gridlock. Cool. So was there anything in particular? I mean, I expect that he's going to be vetoing the uh, the anti-gun legislation that the Democrats have passed. Yep, it looks like he's vetoing a lot of that, and he, he apparently vetoed there was an attempt at passing a, uh, a, a tax on wages. There's never been one in New Hampshire. There's never been an income tax, I guess. Uh, he, he, uh, he, I think, vetoed that. I think that's going to go down. In flames, as I understand it, and I guess okay. NHPR is reporting that actually the number is up to 44, and it's a record. Like he set a record for the most uh, number of vetoes in the state that's ever happened in, in, in one. Wow! Either in one session or in one year. I'm not sure which. Good to know. Anything else, Dave? Uh there was something else. I can't remember what it is, so I better let you go. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. That's Thanks, Dave guys. Ridley from uh, RidleyReport.com. He's always following things pretty closely uh, as far as what's going on here in New Hampshire, and I'm, I'm grateful that there are people out there like him uh, that are doing that because it's hard to keep track of everything. It's hard to keep track of you in just a little bit. I didn't even realize that was Dave Ridley. Yep. Yeah, oh, wow. that was him. Uh, oh, he, right. Every now and then he goes out to visit family in Cal- Colorado, which is why he was calling from Colorado. Tonight. Oh, oh, yeah. So if you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Ian and uh, Silver Dave here in the studio. We can talk more about the uh, the, the most recent slaughters uh, that have occurred. Well, you know, it's, speaking of uh, you know shootings, I want to take mm-hmm. a moment here and just quickly talk about gun control. And just say Meaning that... like aim at your target? Yeah, don't... yeah. I was, you know... If you're looking for more gun control, maybe I could suggest using two hands. That's a good idea. Uh, and also something a little about, uh, you know, don't point at something you don't intend squeeze. to kill. Don't pull a trigger. You want to squeeze slowly. Slowly. Right? You yeah. want to squeeze. You want to just let that hammer fall, and you don't really want to pull because if you that, pull, then it jerks the gun and exactly you're going to miss your target. You know, good gun control. You really want to hit. You really want to hit your target. Um, and have good consistency. Mm-hmm. And that's why gun control is really important. And people say, well, you know, Dave, how do you feel about gun control? I say, I really am an advocate for really, really tight gun control. You know, control, you know, point of impact, really close together, should look like one hole, you know, five the rounds. Target on yeah, the target. should look like, you know, you shoot a bunch of, of rounds, it should look like just one hole. But all joking aside, Ian, I'm not so sure that I believe that these shootings are what they purport to be. All right, I want to know what you mean by that because we had somebody call in and tr- you know drag out the old claim of oh it's a fake shooting it didn't really happen Sandy Hook is fake you know this ridiculous uh, conspiracy theory that is just it, well, it well, seems well. insane. Well, now hold on, hold on. Now is that what you're saying here? Not exactly. Okay. okay. Here's the thing: wise man knows. He knows very little. Fair enough. All right. So I'm not trying to say that I know anything. In fact, I 
could only say that I know that I don't know. However, I am skeptical that the story is not exactly as it's reported in the mainstream. That's and, probably true. Uh, I mean, the mainstream media screws up a lot of stuff. Whenever they yeah. do any report on anything, it's guaranteed to be mistakes. But that's just kind of you know, humans. They but screw they're things also up. owned by some very powerful entities that I believe control a lot. Uh, and they have uh, they have goals and they have intentions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm really I'm in question of, you know, like and I'm, and and if you're out there listening, I'd be interested to hear, you know, you should call us and tell us what you think if you have a theory, but I'm really wondering if these shootings are somehow concocted. And what I mean is not that they didn't happen okay. or that bullets weren't necessarily fired. I'm not saying they were either. I'm really not sure. And not to say that people weren't killed or were. I don't know. But I feel like there's an agenda to disarm Americans. I really think that this agenda exists. And I think governments are always trying to do that. And, you know, I feel like historically when people have been disarmed, the things that follow are usually really bad. Sure. And like, uh, you know, like Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in fact, just kind of tell a little story, you know, since we're just here about my grandfather and his sisters, my aunt Anne. So my grandfather was Polish and um, the Nazis came in and, uh, you know, they were they were killing and I come from a Jewish family, too. So most of his brothers and sisters were killed. And so I have his memoirs. You know, he wrote him and my grandmother wrote about all the things that happened to them. And as a side note, that's something I actually want to have published someday. But mm. so my aunt Anne, she lived to be 102. She had no toes. And the story of her toes is that she was being on marched by the Nazis. It was a death march that they're being up. Hold uh, that thought. Uh, we'll uh, continue the rest of the story here of what happened to your what was it your aunt's toes? Anne's toes on the way here. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I don't think it's going to be anything good. That's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Depends uh, on. How you define good, but probably not. We'll get into it. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. Our toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. You can join us here. It is Free Talk Live. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called Help Me Take Bitcoin. And it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com It's Free Talk Live, and you may take control of the airwaves here. If you want to join us on the radio, our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Is everything as it seems with these mass shootings? Silver Dave is saying, maybe not. 
And uh, we can continue here with, of course, your calls and thoughts. Welcome, 855-450-FREE. By the way, Free Talk Live brought to you by Liberty.menu. It is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. If that describes you, then you ought to be over there at Liberty.menu where you can list the things that you do. Maybe you've got a business. Maybe you've got a digital content of some sort that you create. Uh, Perhaps you're an events coordinator for some kind of Liberty-friendly event, and you want people to know about it. Get over to Liberty.menu and list your things there that you do. You get uh, map positions, little map pointers, and details, and photos, and you can upgrade if you want. But it's free by default over at liberty.menu you can use code ftl get a free talk live listener badge on your user profile that's liberty.menu it's ian and silver dave in the studio here tonight silver dave you were telling us a story about your aunt that's right my aunt Anne, who was she, in nazi germany she well she was polish polish okay. so was my grandfather and you know they were polish and the nazis invaded poland mm-hmm. and they were looking for the jews and so they had captured uh you know my aunt Anne and her sister and her sister's baby. Mm. So anyway, so to go on and you know talk a little about what happens when you get disarmed and what the government usually does to people after they disarm them and why they disarm people, in my opinion, mm-hmm. so that they can make it easier to do these kinds of things. Well, so my aunt Anne and her sister and her sister's baby are being death marched to a concentration camp and the Nazis oh, are marching them. It's the winter time. Ugh. And they had makeshift shoes because the Nazis took the shoes. If you had valuable shoes, they took your shoes. They took things that you had of value, your jewelry. You know, once you got to the death camps, they would send you to the dentist and they would check to see if you had any gold, gold fillings, fillings out. because yeah. they'd rip them out of your mouth. And in a lot of cases, they weren't like, you know, surgical about it. They, Mm-mm. you know, did them the fast and, you know, pair of pliers. Yeah, the fast and economical Ugh. way. I mean, you can imagine this, you know, to you or your family. It's brutal. Anyway, so my Aunt Anne, they're marching, and it's the winter time, and so her sister, I, f- I forget her sister's name, but uh, had a baby, and the baby was crying, mm-hmm. and the baby kept crying, and the Nazis were really annoyed by this, and she's carrying the baby, and she was going slow, so when they got frustrated, they took the baby, they put the baby on the ground, and oh, they just God. shot the baby right in the head, right in front of the mother. Wow. And so now, the mother was, you know, she was brokenhearted, and now she was not marching, and she's going slow. Mm-hmm. And so now they got frustrated with her, and they shot her in the head right oh in front God. of my Aunt Anne. And so my Aunt Anne, she ended up living to be 102. Well, wow. she, of course, she was pretty brokenhearted, too, to watch her sister and her sister's little baby be killed by these guys. Well, they stopped one night to, you know, sort of stop and you know, rest. And she, you know, people slept in whatever they could and she fell asleep in some pile of hay. Well, somehow the Nazis went off and they started marching again in the morning Mm -hmm. and they didn't realize she wasn't with them. Mm. She had fallen asleep and she hadn't woke up. Well, sometime in the morning, some, uh, you know, a local family found her in the hay and she was, you know, barely alive. And so they brought her in their house. Close to frozen to death. Right. And so they took care of her and they, you know, called a local doctor and they didn't, you know, tell anyone that they had found her. Right. And they assumed she was obviously Jewish. Well, she ended up surviving, but she lost all of her toes from frostbite Ugh. because she didn't have shoes. She had socks and some kind of makeshift footwear. God. Why am I talking about this? Well, 
I'm talking about this because if in in my opinion, if these folks had firearms, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot harder to tell them you're gonna walk. And it would have been a lot harder to capture them. And so armed people are a lot harder to capture. And no before doubt. the Nazis before they started exterminating the Jews, they disarmed the Jews. And it's not the only time in history sure. if you look at— But isn't it true—I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you here at all. I, sure. I agree that uh, it's good to have people in a population have the freedom to bear arms um, for some of the reasons you're specifying, so they can resist uh, a tyrannical government. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that would be arguably one of the main reasons why the Second Amendment uh, exists in the Bill of Rights, as the, the Founding Fathers acknowledged that. Um, but isn't it true? And I, I gotta, you know, admit I'm not a, a student of history here. But I had heard that many of, at the very least, the German Jews turned themselves in. So, like, had they even if they'd had, because they didn't know they were going to death camps at that point in time. That didn't come out until much later. Um, so I don't know where they thought they were going to go, uh, but they were like, you know, doing their good citizenly duty to go and report where they were told to report, like into the inner cities. Well, that's, right? a, that's a great point. That's a great point. But here's the thing. It, just like you said, you, it's difficult to predict the future. And sometimes, you know, guys show up and they say, you know, turn yourself in or the punishment will be worse mm-hmm. if you don't turn yourself in. And so they thought that if they didn't turn themselves in, it would be worse. They would be killed. So they said, okay, well, we better right. turn ourselves in because they're going to, you know, they're just going to do something. But they probably didn't realize they were going to be digging their own graves. No, I don't think they did. And being buried in them. I don't think they did. But that's the point. It's it's a two twofold thing that you need, Dave. You need not only the right to bear arms, but you also need to have the will to resist. Because if you just do what you're told, then you'll turn in the guns when they say turn in the guns. I agree. If you do what you're told then you'll jump through all the hoops that they tell you to jump through, including the hoops to your own demise, uh, eventually, even though you don't realize it. So at some point, people have to say, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to participate. Kind of like in uh, New Zealand, where they only had a very, very small portion of the gun owners this year turn in their guns when the New New Zealand government was demanding that people uh, turn in guns. There were a ton of gun owners who did not show up who did not turn in their guns. Same thing was true in Connecticut uh, when they they did some gun confiscations there within the last couple of years after the Sandy Hook thing, where they changed the laws and they wanted everybody to come down and register their guns. Well, a bunch of people didn't. And so that's that's the important... that To me, that's the most important part. Like, even if you didn't have guns and all you had was the the will to resist, you'd still do better than the people who just turned themselves into the goons. I agree. I agree with you. In fact... I would agree with you even more to say that the resistance is probably even more valuable than the guns. Yeah. Because the resistance, you know, you can create weapons. And so you probably heard about things like nunchucks Mm -hmm. and staffs and things like that. And that stuff came from like old farmers learned that, you know, they didn't have weapons like guns and things like that, but they needed to defend themselves. And so they practiced using like garden tools as weapons because they were not. They wouldn't strip, you know, the powers that be would not strip them of, you know, their garden tools. So they practice using like a sickle and things like that as weapons, which is a really valuable point that, you know, those things can make very good weapons. And and even firearms are really not that useful for defense in crowded areas. So like a lot of Mm -hmm. people talk about, you know, gun owners 
Well, if there's a shooter in a public crowded place, another shooter trying to neutralize that person may create additional collateral damage. Sure. Because it's tough to shoot the guy without shooting the people in the backdrop. Dangerous. So, so yeah. So, and guns aren't always the best weapon, but having the resistance and being armed sure does help to be armed. And no I, doubt. And, and this that'll give them me, a second. Th- it'll give them something to think about, right? Like if your resistance, if your population is willing to refuse to obey, is also armed, that's going to make things way more difficult on uh, whatever occupying force we're talking about, whether it be your local state uh, government or the federal government or some foreign uh, occupying force. They definitely don't want to go up against somebody who's armed. There's no doubt about it. Um, on the other, you know, and, and by the same token, if the people are not being, do- you know, they're not doing what they're told to do. They're not jumping through the hoops. It's really, that screws their entire plan up. Because even though we know this government isn't voluntary in that they won't let you opt out, so we know they're not voluntary, but we know that to some extent, if people didn't just go along to get along, it would be near to impossible for the government to achieve whatever goal it it has set out for itself. We can continue. You can share your thoughts with us here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. Our number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about obedience and uh, being armed. And these are the two most important, I think, two of the most important factors as to whether or not you're going to be ruled and to what extent uh, you will be ruled. It's Ian and Silver Dave in the studio here tonight. And I do want to say thank you to Nahor, who is a Free Talk Live silver amplifier. And that means that Nahor is contributing uh, $5 per month to the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And you can join the AMP program over at amp.freetalklive.com. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here to show that you appreciate Free Talk Live, the fact that we're on all seven nights a week, that we are live across an entire week, over 200 radio stations from coast to coast and beyond. We're talking about the ideas of freedom and peace and liberty and cryptocurrency every single night here on Free Talk Live. So if that's valuable to you, if you think it's worth you know the price of a fancy cup of coffee every month, please join the app program. You can use PayPal. You can also use a credit card as well as Bitcoin BTC over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So, uh, Dave, you were just, we were just expressing, uh, I think, a very similar sentiment, and that is that uh, people need to learn to say no. Yeah, I mean, what's so funny is that freedom, I mean freedom, and I mean freedom, like, instead of having to give half, I mean, you know, if we can argue, people argue all the time about how much money they really pay into the system, for services that they really want, and the government wastes so much money. Like, do you really want to spend your money killing farmers in Afghanistan? You know, no. And like, but like giving half your money, I feel like most of your money goes into the taxes if you really calculated all the costs of things. But some people would say, no, 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 it's only you know income tax and property tax, and it's fifty percent. But back to the point, you could keep all your money 
You could do what you want. You could live. You could love. You could live your life. And we could have it tomorrow. Sure. Tomorrow. Real freedom. If everyone, and we didn't need everyone, just need like, even just like 10% would be 10%, crushing. 25%. Just just like a tenth or, or two tenths of the people, if, if we were all just going to say, you know what, we're going to say no, and we're really going to mean it, and we stood up for each other, tomorrow we'd have freedom. We could have it. It's so close. It's just so easy if we just, if we just well, said no. Is it easy or is it simple? Because there's a difference. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's simple, but simple. not necessarily easy. And the reason why it's not easy is because everybody's afraid of going first. You know, oh, well, if I go first, then they're going to cut my head off and, you know, put it on a spike so people know to not say no and they're going to punish you if you say no. And that's a great point. And that brings me to confidence that it would really work. If, for example, you knew that when you said no, you knew. That your guy to your left and your right were going to say no. Also, mm-hmm. you knew that it was really going to work. You would do it, right? Like if you knew it was going to work. I would hope they would. Yeah, but people don't want to do it because they feel like it's not going to work, and they're just going to be the guy that says no, and then they're going to get hung yeah. or they're going to get put in jail. So no one wants to do it because they don't have the confidence that we could really resist and really stop the tyrannical oppression that is, and that is a major, major problem. And, and it makes me think of. I hate to use this example of a Facebook meme. But just a few days ago, you know, I'm looking at Facebook and a meme goes by from this like sort of, you know, liberty-minded guy posts and he says, you know, it's like a little cartoon drawing and it says, who here loves their children? And it shows all these people raising their hand. And then the next picture says, who here will disobey laws that harm their children? And everyone bows their head in shame and they have their Mm. hands down. Because even things that will harm their children that they, quote, love, they're scared of the system. And I'm right. not saying that – I'm not I'm not saying that they're bad. It, it is scary. It does kill people. These this And it does take children from families. It I takes mean, children no away. It murders people. It tortures people. That's why That's you'll see a lot of activists basically drop off the radar as soon as they have children. Because then, all of a sudden, there's more risk involved, or at least they feel like their child is at risk. And they're like, well, I love activism, but I don't want to rock the boat and have the Department of Children and Families come take my kid from me. So then they just don't do anything. Or they yeah. stay completely behind the scenes and are you know, not as impactful uh, as they could be. But you know, it's, it's just frustrating, Dave, because... There is risk involved if you want to achieve freedom. You do have to put something on the line. It does, you know, freedom ain't free, like they say, that's and right. uh, and and that's because that there are a bunch of people out there that don't want you to be free, and they're going to fight tooth and nail. They're not just going to, you know, tomorrow if if twenty five percent of people, as you suggested, refused whatever government demands came at them, whether it be uh, you know a court order or a business license or you know whatever it is we're talking about if 25 percent of them refused well there's still a bunch of people around who might turn them in uh you know because you can't trust all your neighbors to not be arch status who are aligned with the governments and what the governments want and they'll definitely turn you in to save their own hide no doubt but that's where you know just thinking about this this is a really interesting subject to me because like many people, I really like the idea of freedom. A lot of people have a misconception of what freedom is. They feel like freedom is, you know, voluntarily agreeing to be 
oppressed. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say that in a weird way. But um, well, I think uh, Rudy Giuliani said obedience is freedom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think stuff he said like that. that. Yeah, but so thinking about these numbers, instead of having you know ten or twenty five percent, because that takes a lot, of course, to get that many people to you know to really disobey. I feel like the numbers could be a lot smaller if people were geographically centralized. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it's hard to get people to pick up their lives and move. I mean, That's it's true. been it's been a real challenge to get even libertarians who purportedly care about freedom to to pick up and migrate here to New Hampshire. You and I have, uh, yeah, Dave. And, and I was I was in the army and I had gone to a lot of different countries and a lot of different places and I would just watch the most ridiculous things the government was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized that I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I had to say, I'm not going to do this job anymore. I had to walk away from, you know, fr- from a lot that I had built up in a military career. And I came to New Hampshire because I heard about this free state project and there was this movement going on there. And I thought that everyone was like in one place. There was this like super village of like liberty. But the problem with it was everyone was split up and all these different places. And so you kind of got there and it was like the same as every other place. You know, except that, you know, speckled all around. Right. So I have this idea in my mind that if you could get people to come to, you know, more of a centralized place where there was people that were really into liberty and they were really talking about someplace smaller than New Hampshire. You mean like a town town. or a neighborhood? That's right. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. If you, for example, a neighborhood or a town, a town's a great example because a town is big enough. That if they like firebombed the whole town, it would be hard to cover that up. Right. On the other hand, it's small enough that you could actually fill a town with like liberty minded people. And I mean, like, I just speculate that if you could get one town, whether it's Keene or some town where you could get, you know, the majority of people to come to that town and really mean, like, I mean, individual liberty, I mean, like, everything is voluntary. And they would come there, and they would say no. And they really meant it, and they really stood up for each other, and I feel like that would really build that momentum. I think it could, uh, though there was something years ago, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, toward the very beginning of the Free State Project, somebody cooked up the idea of the Free Town Project. Have you ever heard of this? No, but okay. I love it. So it, uh, they chose Grafton as the uh, the destination that's a little town here in oh, yeah. uh, not quite to the north country but northern I almost moved to Grafton central it was so there's like no police there very remote but I that's think they the have problem. a police chief I think that's all they got though uh, maybe but it was very limited yeah. but then they didn't have the infrastructure that was the problem I found like no was, internet yeah there was like no internet there was no buildings you had to like build your own tool shed like you lived in like a well, that's part of the trade-off, of course. In, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the places where there's very little, there's very little government. In the places where there's a lot built up, there tends to be more government around. Uh, but anyway, what happened with the Free Town Project concept was uh, it didn't pan out. The, the people who were the primary organizers of it were too loud and obnoxious about what they had planned to do. So they made like a big deal about the Freetown project, and guess what? The townspeople found out about it, and there was a major pushback by many of the people who lived in the town. They felt like they were going to be infiltrated. They felt like they were going to be invaded ah. uh, by the Freetowners. There's more coming up here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. So, you know, there's kind of like the quiet route of quietly infiltrating, and then there's the uh, the big 
pay attention to us kind of route. And that, that route didn't seem to work real well for the Freetown Project. Hour two. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com. It's Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. Here, as always, you're invited to join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. It's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm, so feel free to hop into one of those. And with you tonight, it's Ian. Silver Dave. Dave, you and I uh, were talking about concentrating activism in one place um obviously we know that the the migration to new hampshire has been going on for libertarians for now well over a a decade and a half um at this point and it has been arguably successful i will argue that it has been a success because there have been just a number of uh, countless successful libertarian activism, whether it be people getting elected to office or uh, civil disobedience that had a an effect that rev- you know sort of reverberated outside of New Hampshire, like the the old 420s uh, that happened here in Keene. That's almost a decade ago now. Um, so there was there's been so many examples of just wonderful successes. We've most recently become uh, crypto mecca here in Keene and also in Portsmouth, where we've got two very heavy crypto accepting cities, and that's all because of the the concentration of activism in these places. But as you pointed out, it's still spread out. Like you know, across New Hampshire, there's a few thousand. I think I heard that the Free State Project now counts four thousand. Uh, as the number of people who have moved here, of course, they don't keep a good close track of the number of people who've left. So, you know, maybe a thousand or two of them have left over the last decade. I don't know. Um, it's hard to really say. A number of people have left. I can think of dozens just from this area alone. Definitely. Uh, who are no longer with us. And I know that they leave from from other areas of, of New Hampshire, too. But I would say that despite, you know, all of the the difficulties that we've seen, we've had tremendous success, especially when compared to the rest of the libertarian movement, just in general. I mean, the New Hampshire successes have overwhelmed, I would say, the other 49 states combined uh, over the last 40 years, even if you just look alone at political successes, we've had far more. So from that perspective, it's a win. Um, does that mean that the government has reversed direction? No, no, it hasn't. I mean, the thing is that I agree with you that there has been some success in New Hampshire and more so in New Hampshire than other places I can think of. Right. 
not that I necessarily know because I'm not in other places or there may be, you know, some niche group somewhere that's, you know, really hardcore. But the reason we got on this subject, I think, was we were talking about the shootings. And the reason that I, I want to connect these things is that I'm not sure how, but I think that these shootings are awfully convenient for the powers that be that want to disarm people and I feel like they are becoming more successful because now they're getting people to cry out to disarm themselves. You know, like, mm-hmm. they didn't do a shooting, but somehow the people who didn't do anything wrong are the ones that are being, uh, you know, potentially disarmed. And the reason this whole thing is that the longer that people wait to actually resist, the harder it will become. And I feel like... That's true. When... Should we do it? Like when everyone's disarmed, is that when we're going to be like, okay, well, now that we have even less ability to resist, is that when we will resist? And I realize it's hard, but are we going to do it? Are we going to, are we going to resist these guys? Or are we going to just let them take it to even new levels? Is this going to become like the matrix where eventually everyone's just going to be in a pod producing energy for the system being plugged into their minds, some false reality. Yeah, it's not going to a good place. I mean, that's for sure. Whatever it is that they've got planned is not going to be good. Uh, It's not going to be freedom, and we're not going in a more free direction nationwide or even worldwide. But I do agree with you that if you concentrate enough people in one place who are not only willing to do something, but also willing to refuse to do what they're told, uh, then you can bring the system to basically a grinding halt. I mean, we almost single-handedly stopped the issuance of parking tickets here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, in about a one-year time frame with the what was called Robin Hood of Keene, where it only was maybe a handful of activists, maybe five to eight activists who were sort of coordinated by one activist who kind of set a schedule and and kind of was the sort of the managerial or organizational uh, component of the of the thing and said all right well garrett you go out from 9 a.m to uh 1 p.m and then mariah you can go out from one to five and we'll you know cover every single day of the week and and uh we'll stop parking tickets from being written and we basically shut down a good portion of their ability to write parking tickets with just a, a a dedicated crew of like half a dozen. So, I mean, there's a lot that can be done, but it takes time. It takes effort. It takes uh, dedicated, you know, stick-to-itiveness. And I don't know if we could pull that off these days because, well, nowadays everybody's working. They got a job. They're more productive. So they don't have a few hours a day that they can go out and uh, and do the the Robin Hooding and stop tickets from being written. But that's where having more people can come into handy, where if you had more than a half a dozen, if instead you had 60 or 600 or something like that instead of just six, yeah. then you can a lot more becomes possible. But as one of our chat room uh, participants pointed out here, who was involved in the original Freetown Project founding, you can't herd cats very effectively. Yeah. And well, that's the, the challenge. That's the challenge because the people that we're looking for are people who don't want to be led. But we want to lead them to not being led. You know, it's it's very, uh, very difficult. Yeah. Well, if you can get enough libertarians to migrate somewhere, I think they're going to have an impact um, just because they're going to be in people's lives more often. So even those who are coming at it from the 
the perspective of not wanting to be out visibly and doing visible activism like you know it's not right for everybody to go out and do the 420s uh celebrations not everybody's into it first and foremost and secondly not everybody's willing to take that that kind of a risk and and do civil disobedience but having those people being in the community working at jobs going to church or you know whatever sewing clubs or whatever it is that you know social activities that people do go to the comic book store uh, game nights or whatever you know like the things that people do they're going to mix with more libertarians in if there's more libertarians living in the area and the the more people can encounter a libertarian in their life the more seriously they're going to take the ideas because if it's just one libertarian that they know or they've only seen them on the side of the road waving a sign or something but instead, they actually know some from work and they know some from school and they know some from, you know, you fill in the blank and they're seeing them on the roads and they're seeing them in the media and they're seeing run, run you know, running for office. That's where you can have an effect on people, because if you can't get the average people on board, it's going to be hard to get to 10 or 20 percent just by simply bringing people in from the outside. That's yeah. hard. And I think that even the powers that be would sabotage such a movement like that. By making it look bad, by inserting different types of situations to make it look bad. Like, for example, mm-hmm. if you tried, if you were, let's even pretend that somehow it was successful to get a thousand people to move to, and I feel like a thousand people in one geographical location that were living together. You mean or, like a town? Yeah, like let's say for example. A thousand example, people had, in New York City isn't going to do yeah, anything. Forget New York City. I'm talking about, let's say, for example, Henniker. You get the town of Henniker. And let's say a thousand people moved to Henniker, and I think Henniker's probably got a few thousand people that live there. Maybe they're like five thousand people or something. If a thousand people moved to Henniker, but they like moved into like the same streets and neighborhoods where they like took up, you know, one quarter of the town, but they mm-hmm. lived in that side of town. Well, like, and none of them were like, We're not paying taxes, we're not gonna agree to your stuff. And if you want to like come here and like come and kill us, all of us to force us to do stuff, you could do that. And you, you know, and it'll, it'll be hard to hide that. Mm -hmm. And it would be really hard for these guys to like come. Cause even if they drop bombs on them, it'd be hard because even the rest of Hanukkah would be like, Oh my God, they bombed those guys. Maybe the, maybe these guys really aren't, you know, as, as maybe this, this government really isn't about the freedom that they purport to be. Wasn't there a movement uh, project in Philly that got bombed in the seventies? And that's one of the things I think about. Like there's, there's Waco, Texas, which I know they make those guys look like wackos at Waco, but I don't know all the details, but I think that they just wanted to live free, and they burned them to death. Yeah, it's horrifying. But they, right. they only had a few hundred people. They needed 800 more. <laughs> we uh, do need to get more liberty-minded folks to migrate here, and they don't all have to come to the same town. But it certainly wouldn't hurt to have a concentration. Um, we got more coming up here. If you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open over at discord.lrn.fm. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by local.bitcoin.com. If you're ready to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash, you can easily do it now. And you can do it globally. 
via a bunch of different platforms, a bunch of different payment methods like PayPal and Venmo. Now, those are a little higher risk than some of the other ones. Uh, as far as if you're, especially if you're selling Bitcoin Cash, you got to keep in mind that uh, there are some people out there in the world that are not very uh, honorable, and certain payment methods make it easier uh, for them to be dishonorable. So you know, take, you're taking a bit of a risk with PayPal and Venmo, but you can use them. Uh, plus, there's bank deposits, remittances, so like sending Western Union, for instance. And you can just meet up in person with cash. There are a bunch of different ways to do it. Go to local.bitcoin.com. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and to use the site. And all the communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. It is a global trading platform that actually respects your privacy. Local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. As we continue here, we got... uh, Penis Jim in our uh, Discord chat, who's sharing a archive.org link to the old Freetown Project website, uh, Silver Dave. So if you uh, if you want to go check out and see what the the old pitch for the Freetown Project was, you can do that. As he points out, they basically were professional tr- professional level trolls who were just too good uh, at trolling, and basically ended up the, their movement never really. Uh, never really panned out because there was such a large pushback in the town of Grafton, New Hampshire, which was where they had chosen as their destination for the Freetown Project. He said that he thought Free Keen was a much more successful uh, sort of Freetown Project, but Free Keen was never actually overtly pitched as just, hey, come take over Keene, because that wouldn't have been possible. Keene's a, a town of 23,000 people, and it would be ridiculous to think that you could you know, bring the numbers of people in here that you would need to actually take it over. Whereas in a, a small town, they actually thought they would have a chance at doing that. But what ended up happening was they were so loud and, and obnoxious about what they wanted to do, uh, they stirred up the hornet's nest, if you will, and got a bunch of people in the town who hadn't been that active to all of a sudden get active against the Freetown Project. So there's no easy solution here, but either way, any way you slice it, having greater numbers in a concentrated area makes all the difference in the world. And that reminds me, actually, I meant to say uh, that we've got a incredibly good piece of news about another arch-statist hater who is now leaving New Hampshire. Have you ever heard of Susan the Bruce? I didn't no. expect you that you Susan had. The Susan the Bruce is, or was, still is, she is a hater of freedom. She hates libertarians. She is an active blogger, so she has her own blog. That's called Susan the Bruce. And um, she was one of the most, I would say, visible of those people who opposed libertarians right so like there's people who don't like libertarians but you don't know who they are and then there's the people who make a big to do about not liking libertarians and put it on their blog site susan was one of the few people over the years who was a relatively consistent critic somebody who paid attention somebody who uh, wrote frequently about what free staters were up to. I was a target by her a number of times on on her blog, but she would target a lot of what was going on in the state house. Uh, she also hates Republicans as well. She's a, she's a lefty. And uh, she's gone. She announced on her blog recently that she is moving to Maine. So now uh, the people of Maine will have to deal with Susan the Bruce and this one of the most visible, and I would say well-spoken. I mean, she's not a dumb woman. Like, she's, you know... 
she was good at writing and she was uh, fairly sharp in her, her criticisms, but she gave up and she decided she's going to move east and go to Maine. Hmm. Good. So, Enjoy. Yeah. Have her, Maine. Take her. Uh, yeah, I love great. it when this news when this news happens because Susan the Bruce wasn't the first one to go either. Uh, there was another one that used to to write for a website called Counterpunch. And I'm forgetting what her name was off the top of my head. She used to live out in the town where Mark lived. And uh, she wrote articles for this national, you know, sort of international uh, website called Counterpunch that were very anti-free state project. She moved out uh, several years ago. She sold her house in the Cheshire County area and she moved out of the state. And so now we got another one who is moving out of the state. And I feel like these are real successes for us because if you can if you can have enough success with your political migration, which is what we're doing here, right? We've got libertarians migrating to New Hampshire and getting active so we can hopefully achieve more freedom in our lifetime. And you're so frustrating to the other side, to the status opposition. You're so frustrating to them that they quit being state representatives, that they quit being active in politics altogether, and even better, leave the state entirely. I mean, that is something that we should be celebrating and cheering about because it's great news. I mean, Susan the Bruce, one of the most visible anti-freedom bloggers in New Hampshire, is gone. And she's not the first one to go. We've had haters here in the Keene area who, a, a year or so ago, they left town. Two of the worst haters in Keene. From what I've heard, they've moved out of New Hampshire entirely. Um, there was the guy who attacked Sam Dodson years ago with a coffee cup on the streets of Keene. It was ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's it's ridiculous to even call it an attack, but it was technically an assault. He, like, touched him in the face with his coffee cup. He didn't spill hot coffee on him. He just kind of had this empty coffee cup with him that said, like, free keen from the free keens, free keeners or something like that, written not like, scrawled on it. And the dude was a downtown business owner who was just completely irrational in his hatred uh, for the free staters here. He's gone. He moved to Los Angeles, sold his business. Um, his daughter, who was almost as bad as he was, also moved out. She moved down to uh, to D.C. So it's it's almost all of the most visible, loudest haters have just packed it up and said, we're done. We're done. Because, I mean, if you were a total statist and you were in New Hampshire and you were hoping to make some headway, and then all of a sudden you start coming up against these damn libertarians who are getting elected— who are stopping your legislation from uh, from getting through. Like, how many more times are you going to keep going? How many more times are you going to keep bashing your head up against the, you know, the libertarian apparatus here and have no success or very little success when you could just leave? And you could go somewhere like New York or you could go somewhere like, you know, California or some other arch statist kind of not freedom friendly place and you can have all the freedom crushing legislation that you all that you wanted in new hampshire it's already been passed in these other places you want gun control head on out to new york or california there it is all the gun control you could possibly want i don't know how people can have this kind of mindset where they want to be limited where they want to have their own freedoms limited be like please enslave me more please limit my freedom more 
I can't get enough of this. How can people think this way? It really is amazing. Is it about them wanting to be enslaved, or is it about them wanting other people to be enslaved? Mm, good point. Uh, yeah. The toll-free toll number here, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. So sayonara, Susan the Bruce, and whatever other haters are out there, I'm sure you're going to go. And the more libertarians that move here, the more difficult their lives become. It's Free Talk Live. I'm a little obsessed with My Magic Mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee-stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better, too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20, MyMagicMud.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Talking about the success of the idea of concentrating libertarian activists in one geographic area. It has been, I would say, a uh, an unmatched success. There's been nothing like uh, the Great Liberty Migration that's been happening here in New Hampshire, anywhere else on the planet. Uh, this one has been a success, not only for the reasons that I initially stated of, you know, the political success stories, people actually getting elected and all the great things that uh, that has brought about. Uh, the civil disobedience as well, some of the other activism, the outreach here has been pretty unprecedented. The cop blocking, this is the, the home of cop block. Uh, it was right here in our little own Keene, New Hampshire uh, it's Ian and Silver Day, by the way, with us. But the other side of that success story is driving away the bad guys, driving away the status, the arch status who believe in government control and government obedience and bigger taxes and more government programs. People like Susan the Bruce, who is a longtime uh, blogger here in New Hampshire. She recently, in her most recent blog post, announced she is leaving. She's moving to Maine. And she's not the first, nor will she be the last, of the opposition to just throw it in, to pack it up, throw the towel in, and call it a day, and get the F out of New Hampshire. Uh, and I love it. I love it when that happens, because I see it as a, an amazing success story when that happens, because you're basically losing like some of the most visible opponents, Right, like yeah, there's your average run of the mill status out there, but we don't know who they are. They don't have blogs. They don't, you know, write letters to the editor. When the people who are the visible doers, the so-called thought leaders in the media, decide to, to hightail it out of New Hampshire, we ought to celebrate that. I think that's great news. Which makes me wonder if you had the thousand people that moved to one concentrated area, mm -hmm. like a town, you mean? Like a town, maybe a lot of other people would move away. Yeah. Then maybe this changes this sort of ratio that you picture, you know, how many would it take? Well, we can't calculate for how many people would leave. And then how many right. other people? Most people don't really stand for anything, in my opinion. Most people just go along to get along. They don't really have ethics or value. They just go to work. That's right. And they go home and they watch TV until they go to bed and they wake up in the morning. They just want to take care of their family and live their life. You know? Yeah. That's what they want to do. And that's fine. And that's probably the larger percentage of people. Absolutely. So they'll just go along with whatever the whatever the doers, whatever the people who are sort of louder, metaphorically speaking, do. 
So, like, yes. if the louder Liberty people, you know, if the people came in and they were Liberty-oriented and they sort of took over and the loud anti-Liberty people moved, then uh, the sort of, you know, like, just go along with whatever people would just go along with the Liberty. That's correct. I think you're absolutely right about that, Silver Dave. I think that also you would see people... Who were sort of, so you've got the group you're talking about, the sort of the majority, I would say. They're probably the majority of people. A lot of them don't vote. They just don't care. They just live in their life and they're trying to ignore the government and try to just do whatever they got to do to get by. Um, I think those people would do exactly what you're talking about. And then there would be others who, you know, maybe would be a little more active. They might have been with the Republicans or the Democrats or something like that. But as they perceived that libertarianism was becoming more popular, some of them might switch sides and they might they might say things like, oh, yeah, I always agreed with you guys, even though they never really actually did anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. until oh, the last yeah, moment. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of and, course. Then, and then, of course, we'll also get the, the later movers, the ones that didn't want to actually start anything or join early, but they'll see that we've had all this success. And then, you know, the, let's call them the lazier libertarians will pick up 10 years later and they'll, oh, okay, you guys finally got legal marijuana. Oh, you finally, you know, whatever. They're and, like... They're like the people that show up once there's like a nice, a lot of appetizers are yeah. out and all. They're like, oh, oh, we heard all this, you know, they didn't exactly. want to do the work, but they wanted to, you know, receive the benefits. Yeah. And they, you know, that's to and be that's expected. Okay. Yeah, it's to be. That's okay. Hopefully we can, we can persuade more people to move sooner rather than later, but it's a hard task getting people to pick up their lives and migrate for freedom, let alone, you know, saying, hey, come to one specific town because it's hard to, to advocate that. Because, you know, a lot of people need a job. They uh, they don't have their own business, so they can't just move to Henniker, right? Because Henniker probably doesn't have a whole lot of jobs available. It's a right. small town. Um, so it would make more sense if you were like a self-mover, right? Like you had your own business. You could just kind of live wherever you wanted to. That you would be grow the your own food. Yeah. So you don't like and, – and that's a lot of it too is that this system is designed – so that you have to work because you have to mm-hmm. buy food. You got to pay you know? property taxes. You got to pay property taxes. You got to pay these fees to live. You can't just live, which to me is like the clear indication that there is not freedom. Like that's right. Like who are these guys? Here's what I've always wondered. I was a little kid. You know, I, I've always wondered. You buy your property from one person. Well, they bought it from someone else. Well, who's the first guy? Who just claimed that they owned everything? You know, like whoever conquered the Indians, I guess. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I'm not really. Probably some a hole, the king or something like that, right? Yeah. So, like, where did it all start? You know, like, whatever happened to the idea of that the earth is home for all the animals and all the people to share (laughs) and live? That's a you good know, question. Like, I bet Jay, I bet your roommate knows uh, a good history on like where property came from because I think he's done a lot of research on that topic. I bet if you asked Jay Newton, right. our, our Wednesday night co-host. Let's he, let's bring da- Bad Slave on the line here. He's uh he's on our Discord server. Go ahead, Bad Slave. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh yeah, uh, Susan the Bruce has hit the road. That is fabulous. Isn't that uh, great news? <laughs> you know, if she was so annoying, I you know, I, I interacted directly with her a couple of times. Oh, really? You met her in real life? Uh, well, it was over the web. Oh, okay. Was, At dinner. Uh, not the same thing. Yeah, Facebook or something like that. And, uh, and you know, the, uh, 
you forget maybe to mention that there was big funding for this these progressives to uh, you know try to interfere with uh, FSP and mm-hmm. and uh, you know Soros uh, probably Susan the Bruce was getting something we know uh, the, what's her three name thing uh, one that had those uh, meetups. That we invaded. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There was this progressive group that used yeah, to they yeah. used to uh, they used to come out with like exposés on who all the free staters were that were running for office, but they didn't do it yeah. in 2018 for some reason. I don't know what happened. Well, I, you know they they just realized that you know we're we're not the evil empire, or that we're not going no, away. They're, yeah. they're, they're, nobody's really getting excited about it. Yeah, they, you know. Liberty's not a bad idea, <laughs> right? Well, they they uh, a lot of times when they tried to uh, do hit pieces on like candidates, it ended up being like a benefit to the candidates because there they would go. they would spend a bunch of money trying to out the political candidates. Like so and so is against taxes, so and so is against you know uh, government schools or whatever. Like they come up with this <laughs> list of things that were all true. <laughs> And <laughs> they say their name a bunch of times. Yeah, it was marketing. Is, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And, yeah, and, and like you know, there's a basis of of uh, New Hampshire residents that have been here for a long time that agree with the Liberty perspective. That's right. Right. Yeah. And 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 so so they were having a terrible time getting traction. That's why they leave, and 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 they'll always leave. Because it's uncomfortable here for us, for them, for them, uh, and, and we're we're happy to have them. I mean, we you know we uh, we want them to be around. We want to talk to them. We want to uh, you know ask them questions. They hate questions. It's great, mm. you know. Yep, I. Too. <laughs> but also the Freetown Project. That Hold that thought. I'll let you continue on the Freetown here in just a moment. More with uh, Bat Slave. He was around uh, back in the day. He even actually lived in, in Grafton for some amount of time. So he was pretty close to the whole Freetown concept. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. If you want to join us, you can do that. Uh, and you can also take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever you want. So all you have to do is dial the toll-free number, which is 855-450-FREE. We've gotten on to one of my favorite topics, and Dave, you brought us into this, the discussion about freedom lovers coming to one geographic area together. Now, you're being a little more specific uh, regarding the destination. You're saying... Maybe they should move to a town rather than all to one state. Now, of course, I think that we need to see both of those things happen. I think that uh, we need to have the free state project concept of people moving to New Hampshire because it is still a relatively small state with a low population. Gives people more options to where they can move. So if you need to move to a bigger city or something like that or you need to be close to Boston, there are options for that. Or you can move to one of the smaller towns, like Dave is suggesting here, and maybe have a much larger impact uh, for whatever it is that, you know, activism that you're going to do. 
I do want to make sure you know about My Magic Mud. Wherever it is that you are, you got to have good teeth, healthy teeth, white teeth, and this uh, wonderful black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay can help you do that. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth and... There's a reason why it's available in a bunch of great health food stores like Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, and even Walmart's Natural Beauty Aisle, and that's because the product works, and people love it, and it's been a great success story for the folks over at My Magic Mud over the past few years, several years, actually. Uh, Liberty-oriented folks behind the business, you go to MyMagicMud.com, and you can skip the trip to the store and save 20% by using code FTL20. That's FTL20, like Free Talk Live. FTL20. For 20% off at MyMagicMud.com as we go back to Bad Slave, commenting on the original idea of the Freetown Project. Now, Dave just came up with the idea again here, but it's been, you know, 15 or so years, maybe even 20 years. uh, Not quite 20 years, I guess. Probably like 18 years since uh, somebody originally cooked this idea up and they chose Grafton as the town and things didn't quite work out the way they intended. Uh, Your thoughts on that, Bad Slave? Well, you know, we actually had already living there, the Libertarian candidate for governor for, I think, four years, mm-hmm. or four, not four years, four uh, terms. And, uh, you know, of course, he never got close to being elected. No. Uh, but, um, but I, you know, there was already a good liberty contingent uh, living up there. But, but, but I think, well, there was paid... Uh, opposition again even in this free town project arrangement that uh, there was a, there was a troll that operated remotely down in Florida and then another guy that that showed up up here and and you know it it was it's not hard uh you know you know a jerk to you know raise the hackles of the local town you know, by just, you know, putting out comments and, and you know, going around, uh, you know, just being uh, a total, uh, you know, troll, troll. I mean, they trolled. The, Let me read the uh, the paragraph here that was uh, one of the original pitches for the Freetown Project that says, quote, the Freetown Project intends to liberate either a New Hampshire town or a Western county by moving in enough libertarians to control the local government and remove oppressive regulations such as planning and zoning and building code requirements and stop enforcement of laws prohibiting victimless acts among consenting adults such as dueling, gambling, incest, price gouging, cannibalism, and drug handling. (laughs) So they basically put some of the most offensive possible issues in this pitch for the Freetown Project. I mean, there's no reason why cannibalism and incest need to be on the front page of any libertarian website anywhere. Not at all. I I don't know. Are you sure? Because, I I mean, it sounds kind of... No, I'm just kidding. So, I mean, that was the attitude, right, of of some of these founders. I mean, so how serious this guy was about this... I don't know. Some people did move to to Grafton, and it sort of became this sort of unofficial Freetown project. But it was that attitude of maximum trolling, uh, maximum rudeness, or whatever you want to call that, that really created a lot of the pushback by some of the the old town members. Right, right. And one of those we just lost. Well, we've lost two of them. We've lost uh, John Cannell, uh, the the preacher of our. Our church, uh, mm-hmm. Peaceful Assembly Church, 
and uh, and and now uh, more recently, Bob uh, Hull was a state rep, uh, mm. uh, you know, an active state rep uh, as he passed away. That's right. Uh, and and but but we've had even more people moving up here. They they tend to be, I think, a little you know lower keyed kind of thing, right. and and that we we need to kind of start gathering together or to put our pieces together so that we're, uh, you know, not in battle with each other because it seems like that is occurring way too much up there. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm still hopeful. I still have property up there and uh, and, and, uh, have, uh, and an interest in completing and making a go of it up there. So, uh, well, I know anyway, that every year we do hear about the town meeting because that's how uh, towns are governed here in New Hampshire is the town right. meeting format where people can just show up at this meeting. If they're voters in the town, they can actually weigh in on budgetary matters and actually you know, vote things up and down. And apparently they've been fairly contentious with a good libertarian chunk coming in there and really upsetting the old uh, town. You know, That's been going on, families. yes. So I, before uh, we go on, I, I want to get up the notice that the that the the governor it, I think is about to veto three gun bills that need to be vetoed, and I I just talked to the uh, you know uh, receptionist uh, at the uh, state house uh, earlier today, and I had a really nice conversation with her. And I asked her if she was in agreement with my my stance, and she's oh, I I can't talk about that. But, <laughs> but then, but then I got to talking to her, and she says, "Hey, I really like the way you said that." So I was starting to realize what uh, what was going on. And and like I say, these these are going to be some of the people that are the long term, you know, New Hampshire residents that. Uh, that agree with liberty and uh yeah there uh, are a and, lot of those people up here and it's one of the reasons why new hampshire was uh, chosen bet slave thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you uh it's one of the reasons why new hampshire was chosen as the destination for the free state project is because of its sort of the live free or die mentality that exists in many of the the natives that are that are from up here Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist. He's on the line, also on our Discord server. I presume calling from Tennessee. Go ahead, Gene. Yes, I wanted to talk about something I've touched on in the past, and that is uh, history and lies and what it is that we actually know. And I kind of uh, stumbled across a YouTube clip uh, or video called what if everything you were ever taught was a lie if anybody wants to look that up it's pretty good Hmm. i I like the where this is going already Mm -hmm. yeah and um i've used this in my arguments regarding the bible being uh infallible and other things of that nature but where i really want to go with this is different belief systems people have different belief systems some people believe the earth is flat some people believe that all those contrails in the sky are chemtrails. I know that both of those things are false. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, some of the people that I have met or people that I've run across, they believe those things. And I have to allow them to believe what they want to believe because they're 
nobody believes exactly the same thing. Nobody believes exactly what I believe. And if we insist that other people believe exactly like we do, then uh, we're going to be beating our head against the wall all the time because you're never going to get everybody to believe exactly the way you do. You're lucky not to get anybody to believe that. My wife doesn't believe exactly like I do. And uh, so you have to allow people their different conclusions. Now, it doesn't mean you can't talk to them about it and, you know, discuss things. Like if when I talk to flat earth people, I say, you know, why are the days longer in Alaska than they are in Florida during the summertime? You know, those kind of (laughs) things that that, you know, kind of. I'm just looking to get the gears turning. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we don't know what's true and what's not. All we know is what's what we can observe. Sure. And so many of the things that we've been taught in the past are absolute lies. So we need to question everything. Yeah, well, I agree with uh, questioning everything. And if people want to have beliefs that seem completely unfathomable and unsupportable, that's certainly their uh, their prerogative. If you've got more, Gene, you can stand by. We'll continue here. Sure. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Ian and Silver Dave in the studio. Hour three's next. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian. Silver Dave. And uh, we've got a website. It's freetalklive.com. You can go there and uh, get interactive in a variety of different ways. Uh, We've got archives that you can download that go back to 2006. Actually, even beyond that, uh, if you go to our torrents. Anyway, go to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have there for you for free. As we continue coming up, have we hit peak podcast? asks the New York Times, and it's an interesting question. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about it, but we've been focusing on the activism migration, and uh, Gene the Christian Anarchist is with us uh, here on our Discord server. Gene, I felt like you had more to say here tonight, so please go ahead. Yeah, I'm talking mainly about uh, the different belief systems that people have, and I'm going to go back to flat earthers again because, you know, I, I kind of like flat earthers. They're funny people, but uh, some of them are are, sincere, are completely sincere. But there's another YouTube, and I'm not trying to plug YouTube channels here, but uh, there's one called Vsauce and very good on scientific stuff, and he did one called Is the Earth Actually Flat? And he uses physics and stuff to show how possibly the earth could be flat and all these things. But, uh, you know, but he doesn't actually course, believe it. No, of course not. But gotcha. um, well, but, you know, but it's easy to throw, you know, I'm not saying that I believe in the earth being flat. Thank God. But I'm not going <laughs> to. But here's the thing is 
I mean, I can't say that I know that it's rounded. I don't know anything. I've never been You've in never space, flown that so high. I've never flown that high. And I feel like, you know, it's easy to, you know, throw those ideas under the bus and say, oh, that can't be true. But, you know, I mean, everything we think we know, almost everything we think we know. Somebody really told just you. Someone told us. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of lies out there. And then there's also just a lot of people perpetuating things that they don't know either. So, that I mean, said, though, there's yeah. enough people who've flown high enough to where they can see the curvature of the Earth, and so it's not like it. It's not like you're going to be able to uh, have a conspiracy that includes every single airline pilot that has ever existed uh, to try to keep a secret about this. Gene, you are a pilot. Um, how high yes. up do you have to go before you can start to notice the curvature of the Earth? Well, I, I'm pretty sure that what you see. Uh, on the horizon at 36,000 feet where most airliners travel is a representation of the curvature of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, uh, some people claim it's not, but it looks like a curvature to me at any rate. And obviously I spend time in Alaska and in the summertime, the days are longer than they are in Florida. So these kind of things pretty much lay that claim to bear, you know, I don't think that you could say that the earth is flat, but the the thing that I'm getting at is though you, people have different levels of understanding and you have to, you have to accept people as they are. You can't just, um, you know, discard somebody because they have a totally different, even a crazy mindset. And I think maybe that's one of the things as, as a libertarian or an anarchist that I really want to let other people know is that you've got to accept people as they are because you can try to change them, you can lead them along a little bit, but you're not, you don't have the power to change other people. We don't have, we can only try and talk to them and share what we know. Sure. And hope you can that, set an example. That, that helps. You can yeah. set an example and hope that they'll, you know, see that your example is a success and maybe they'll uh, want to know why or value the reasons why they were a success. And perhaps and if we throw somebody out and just say, well, they're totally useless, they're no good. And then, uh, you know, two weeks later, they say, oh, yeah, you were right. You know, come around. But if you if yeah, you I don't think Susan the Bruce is coming around. You never know. I don't think so. Like there's certain people um, who. You know, you don't want to spend any time on them, okay? I'm not saying you should uh, spend your time fighting those people, but they're also not worth spending your time on trying to influence in any positive way, simply because they have indicated that they're not willing to, to even be receptive to listen to anything. Um, your time is limited, so spend it on the people that are better prospects, in my opinion. Well, I agree with that, too. But, you know, I, I'm just saying you don't want to reject anybody initially. You no, want I agree to at that. least give them a chance, you know. Absolutely. So, Good it, call tonight, Gene. I, I Go ahead. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. I was going to say it's a, it's, a big, it's a big world, and we have room for a lot of different ideas and people. Absolutely true. Thank you for the call, Gene, the Christian anarchist. Unless, of course, your ideas are to subjugate and rule others. Uh, I don't really want to hang out with people that, uh, you know, get pleasure from the pain of others. Um schadenfreude i think that is taking pleasure from someone else's pain so no i mean there's you know obviously we shouldn't be encouraging certain types of behavior but as long as your beliefs don't harm anybody else then i got no issue with you you can live your life however you want 
Um, but if your beliefs are that you are the one who's right and you're the one who should rule over others and that you will use violence uh, to get your way over others, then I'm not going to just stand by quietly as you try to, uh, to institute those beliefs over people. Something must be done. Somebody has to stand up and say no. And that comes back around to what we were talking about earlier. Silver Dave is encouraging more people to say no, but to better yet, say no together. So they're not all alone or feeling alone at the time that they decide to say no. They know they've got people who agree with them, who are nearby in close prox- physical proximity, who could come to their assistance, um, who could come to a court trial, who could uh, you know arm up or whatever if, if necessary. And it brings us back to we've come almost full circle mm-hmm. that if you knew that tomorrow you could say no and get away with it, would you? Would you give mm-hmm. them the money tomorrow if you got your paycheck and you could choose? You're like, I'm going to give half of my paycheck in, you know, property taxes and uh, in, excuse me, I'm going to give half of my paycheck in income tax, property tax, licensing fee, registration fee, fishing license, mm-hmm. hunting license, sales tax, uh, and all this other crap. Right. And you could, and you could choose to give it. That way they could spend the money to murder farmers in Afghanistan to help the agenda, would you give it? On the other hand, if, if you, you knew you knew, could get away with it, if you knew you could get away with saying no, you're going to waste this money. You people are jerks, and you're using this for the most horrible things. I'm not going to give it to you. And if you knew you could do it, would you give it? And I feel like so many people would be like, "No, I'm not giving." In fact, I think most people don't trust the government. And I, I even think heard, so. a, I hope so. And I even heard a statistic. You know, yesterday we were talking. You know, some of my friends and I were talking about that they said that less than 10% of Americans believed the official 9-11 story. Hmm. And someone else even said that there's a video of Donald Trump actually saying that it's not possible that airplanes could knock down those towers really? and that they must have had explosives. I, I, was, wow. I, I want to find this video myself because they were talking about it. They were saying that it was on InfoWars that this was talking about. I don't know if I'm allowed hmm. to say that or not. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, like, oh, I just got 50 bucks. No. Uh, so, um, Wait, but, is, is Alex Jones paying people to say InfoWars no, in the I'm media? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, they're like, hey, they, they will not quiet me. <laughs> they will not quiet me. Anyway, so... Um, but the thing is that like less than 10% supposedly even believe the story. And I feel like so few people believe the government, so few people believe in the wars, but everyone's okay with it. But if people knew they could get away with saying no, they would. And I feel like how could we get people to connect together to say like, hey, you know, Ralph, Frankie, George, hey guys, we all know we feel the same way, right? Like we want freedom. We want to keep the fruits of our labor. Well, like, let's do it. And I feel like there's if, if people knew they could do it, if they knew that the person to the left to the right would support it too, and they wouldn't just like let you stand up by yourself and mm. then like the Nazis would just shoot you. If there was a way to do that, tomorrow we could be free. Tomorrow. And I just I think about if all the enough time, people gave up their belief in the government and their fear of what might happen. If they said no, then we would be significantly more free. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, the, sh- uh, the toll-free number here, if you want to join us, it's 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Well, you know, join me because I haven't paid those goons uh, since 2004, and I've been doing it on a moral basis. I don't want to support mur- murder and uh, threats and killing. 
Uh, and the toll-free number here again, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM, although uh, I have still been paying the property tax, unfortunately. It's Free Talk Live. Nobody's... It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us right here. Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. It's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call in lines. They're available for you. Actually, that's where everybody's been calling tonight, and it's been sounding great. Uh, it's Ian and Silver Dave here in the studio. Our toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. The Discord lines are over at discord.lrn.fm. In fact, that's where we're going next. But first, I do want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet. It's the one that I use more than any other. And I've used a bunch of them because I like crypto and I like trying different wallets and seeing which ones are the best. And Edge Wallet is an excellent wallet. Uh, that's why I use it. It's not because they're a sponsor of the show. They became a sponsor long after I was a fan of Edge. Uh, so it's great to have them on board. Secure your freedom by buying, selling, trading, and securely holding cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin BTC, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Dash, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and more, including uh, just added Ravencoin over on the Edge wallet. You can download it for iOS as well as Android devices. You can also visit their website at edge.app. That's edge.app. As we continue, we'll take uh, your phone calls and thoughts. We've got Nathan. He's on the line in Texas on our Discord call-in lines. Go ahead, Nathan. Oh, hey. How are you doing, Ian? Hey. Dave. What's on your mind? Um, well, I, I wanted to talk about YouTube censorship. It's, uh, you know, traditionally, YouTube has been the least censorious of the big social networks. and uh, Really? Yeah, that, that might be surprising, but they actually they're very lenient compared to Facebook, um, Facebook huh. or Twitter. Like there's a lot of people who, you know, they'll get banned from Twitter uh, like, you know, Sargon, uh, Carl Benjamin is, would be an obvious example. He got banned from Twitter a long time ago, uh, banned from Patreon, but still not banned from YouTube. So okay. it, it may seem sometimes like you get you know banned from like Alex Jones, you get banned from them all at once. That's not always the case. But I, I think YouTube censorship we're going to see a big increase in it um, with the, you know, the 2020 election because, you know, Google, Google owns YouTube. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw the project Veritas video, but the, the one where they said they, they can't, can't allow a Trump situation or whatever. No, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a leaked video on YouTube where basically someone went undercover at Google headquarters and uh-huh. they recorded some people. And like, there's this one, one senior, one, one executive lady who's talking about, well, you know, if they break up YouTube or they break up Google, then we can't prevent another Trump situation. Uh, the video might still be available. It, I can't remember the title, but it's like Project Veritas Google Leak or something like that. Huh. But um, the, the, the main reason I wanted to call about it is because today uh, someone pointed me to a video called The, the Dark Age of YouTube Has Begun. Um, mm. And so this is this is only this is only a prediction. But in the video, the person well, well the person is using some evidence to make a prediction. Uh, there was someone, and I can't remember the name. It's it's in the video. Someone who basically there's a they made a new YouTube channel, and they immediately had a million subscribers. What? And people were saying, yeah, this this you know you have to this rarely happens. You have to work for years, or you know, yeah. to get a lot of subscribers. So they, what do they buy and, the subscribers on like one of those fake sites where yeah. you can just hire a bunch uh, of uh, you know people in uh, like India to go and that is a possibility. Um, but what's What's worse is that um, people support being subs- like automatically subscribed to this person. And uh, another thing with YouTube is a lot of people are always reporting they're getting like unsubscribed from people that they subscribe to when YouTube goes in and they 
you know, they're clearing spam bots and stuff, but mm -hmm. people also suspect that YouTube is deliberately, you know, trying to reduce the, um, the reach of basically because of these advertisers, the apocalypse, you know, advertisers don't want to be exposed on risky content. So then they'll go away and YouTube will put a new round of censorship. Hmm. We're probably going to see more of that. But the interesting thing about this particular case is that this person seemingly got a lot of just, you know, a million subs very quickly and people found themselves subscribed to this person just without having actually clicked the button. And so the, the possibility is that YouTube is going to explicitly start, you know, promoting people and just giving them, giving them likes, giving them, you know, subscribers and, and promotion. Why would uh, they even more than that? I mean, doing. are you suggesting that they would be subscribing people to a channel to which they had not subscribed that YouTube would correct, essentially correct. force subscriptions? That is the allegation that the video made, and you know, it's from. Is there any I evidence trust. for that, or is that just pure speculation? Well, the, the video has the the evidence in it. The I think it was like the dark age of YouTube or whatever. But um, well, how do you it, how do you show evidence that somebody was falsely subscribed to something? How, how could you even prove that? Oh well, the only thing you could really show is screenshots from people who say that they've been subscribed. So yeah. it's admittedly not certain at this yeah. point, but based on everything else I know. It seems like it's a definite possibility. Color me skeptical on that. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that would really fly. Um, people would be pretty upset, and I think you would you would hear a lot more about it than just some you know conspiracy theory video. I think people would be like really mad if they found that they'd been subscribed to channels that they didn't ask to subscribe to. That sort of oh, goes well, against the are, whole system. Presumably. Huh. Um, they, they are presumably they are yes and uh, I mean but I mean there's a lot of things that aren't conspiracy that kind of point in that direction like for example on the trending page you don't even if you're if you're CNN it's actually YouTube policy that you don't need as many um, views to get on the trending page like, sure yeah there's certain there's certain channels that they are putting uh, first and foremost like you're pointing out CNN major mainstream news media sources are more likely to end up in the recommended videos algorithm and things like that. So there's definitely no doubt that YouTube is using its uh, programming to show people things that they otherwise might not have seen, but that's not the same thing as saying they're going to just go ahead and wholesale subscribe everybody to CNN or some other, you know, propaganda channel like that. I feel like they I right. think that would be obviously crossing a line that even they wouldn't um you know have be so brazen as to cross cuz it kind of eliminates the whole YouTube idea where oh no no we right. think you need to subscribe to these five channels and we're going to force subscribe you to these channels and no you can't yeah. unsubscribe I mean even YouTube Rewind uh, YouTube Rewind is this like highlight clip that they put out every year on TV mm -hmm. YouTube's channel they actually excluded PewDiePie from that even though oh, he's really? the top on corporate youtuber well he's been um, in there so, before though hasn't he? he he has but they're putting more people in there who basically they're, they're celebrities who don't even have a lot of subscribers on their channel well and i mean so didn't pewdiepie make a big to-do about leaving uh youtube for live streaming i mean he's uh he's on d live now yeah. he is that's that's correct yeah because youtube uh you know is obviously not treating the thing is that youtube seems to be going away from the whole point of youtube which was that youtube like you at the home you the average person put up a video and then on the merits that it could be seen yeah. yeah no there's no and doubt so, about that i mean i would agree with you that it is uh its mission has shifted over the years as it has become more of a a corporate tool 
that is you know manipulated by google for whatever purposes as opposed to its original founding by like what a couple college graduates or something i mean it's it's come a long way in the the last 13 or so years of its existence thanks for the call tonight Uh, appreciate hearing from you the toll-free number if you want to join us it's 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 we've also got the discord on-air call-in line rooms and we are on youtube by the way but we don't ever really promote that fact we do have a free talk live channel there it's slash ftl oh god slash free talk live radio i think anyway if you go to youtube dot freetalklive.com it'll take you right to it we got more coming up your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome and our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE ian and silver dave in the studio you can also join us on our discord server just like our last three callers just go to discord.lrn.fm and hop into one of those top four channels they're called on-air call-in lines we will notice you there and join you in there and then you'll sound like you're sitting here with us call me we got more on the way it is free talk live I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. With you in the studio, it's Ian Silverday. And you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have for you there, uh, including our video streaming services. We're on Twitch at twitch.lrn.fm. We're also on DLive at dlive.lrn.fm. Those are two places that you can follow our channel, and then uh, you'll get notices like in email or in, in the Twitch or DLive apps. When we go live, so you can watch the show on video. If you care about that, you're welcome to do that. It's free, of course. Uh, we're going back to your phone calls and thoughts. Let's go to Devin, who's calling from Jacksonville, Florida, watching us on YouTube. Devin, you're on Free Talk Live. Dork Dave's more fitting. All right. You are not allowed to call this show. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Well, speaking of YouTube, first of all, I, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, YouTube is the only service that I can use to, if I want to share the fact that your program is going on. Is that correct or no? No, no, no. We're on uh, DLive at dlive.lrn.fm. We're also on oh, Twitch. Oh, that's right. At twitch.lrn.fm, you can just share our audio streams over at freetalklive.com. The front page of the website, in fact, during our live show, turns into a player. So normally, if you go there the other 21 hours a day, it just takes you to the front page of the site. But if you are there during 7 to 10 at night Eastern time, the front page becomes a live playback thing. So you could just you could just share the show URL if you wanted. Yeah, I just I've been using YouTube to share it. Seems to be a little bit easier for me anyway than the other the other share. That's fine option. too. It's the least yeah. uh, it's the least quality video stream that we offer. We have three different qualities. YouTube is the lowest of them, but it still doesn't look bad. It still looks it looks fine. Yeah. The low quality comes in handy for uh, 
uh, low internet. Yeah, absolutely. Service. Yep, that's true. If you've got but limited again, internet, I, I, you still want video, then YouTube is going to be your best bet there. Because I have found that uh, Twitch is, for me, Twitch is the hardest one to keep going. Uh, DLive is a little bit better, mm-hmm. but still a little bit, freezes a little bit. Yep. But YouTube never never freezes on me. Good and, to know. Uh, Dave, yeah, Dave, what you were saying about uh, if people would just all look to their left and look to the right and stand up simultaneously, um, let me tie that in with what I was saying the other day is that I used to have a horse that I could lead around without a rope because he thought he was... He thought there was a rope connected to his halter, to his neck, but it wasn't there anymore because I had stopped using it long ago, but he still thought it was there. And if he only knew, and so that's really the same thing. If people only would take a look and see that the rope is not really there, they could walk away and there's nothing that uh, even the U.S. military could do about it because, frankly, half or two-thirds or three-quarters of the U.S. military would come along. That's a great point. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's no rope. There's no rope. And there's a lot more of us <laughs> that's than there true. are of them. Right. And and it's uh, that's a really good point. Strength in Thank numbers. You. I mean, it, if people um, said no, I mean, it would be like, it's like one guy versus like every 50,000. Like one guy versus like 50,000 people. Meanwhile, that one guy is, 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 is controlling those per 50,000 people and people obey. Because just like you said, they believe that there's a rope, but there is no rope. I think that uh, the typical ratio of police to average people is like one to five hundred, if I recall correctly. Now, some departments have you know one point five to five hundred, or like there's a range, but that's that's kind of like the typical. Some departments have less than one per per uh, for five hundred, but that's your typical sort of average, I guess, that you see in the United States. But I don't think that factors in the military, you know, all of the, the violent weight that the government could bring down upon you. So it's probably a little bit more than one to five hundred. You know, it might be like three to five hundred or maybe at worst five to five hundred if you factor in like all the military or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact is there's more of us than there are of them. That's just a fact. And it's funny. You think about imagine like a giant, like a giant. Imagine this giant, you know. 5,000 pound man, right? And there's this like little one pound little ant bossing him around and he's obeying and he's doing it. And then at any moment he could just squash him. He could just be like, no, and just crush him. But, you know, what a good analogy. I really like your rope analogy. Thank you. David, anything else you want to share? Yeah, well, on the uh, I can save the other subject for another time, but to add on to this subject, I think that these, the numbers from the American Revolution are still good in that, uh, you know, they're like there was 20, 30 percent that were siding with the British and 20, 30 percent that were actively, openly supporting the new Americans mm-hmm. and everybody else. Uh, that remained the 40 to 60 percent they were just neutral and they didn't matter they didn't matter they were just there taking up space and so i think and those numbers are pretty much the same and then if you that old thing about the three percent out of that 20 30 percent that supported the new americans uh it was only like three percent of able-bodied men and you know whatever women were active actively fighting you know actively resisting it only it only took three percent and that's pretty much true i believe still so, yeah i think i'm right i think i'm with you on that one david thanks for the call tonight appreciate it um it really is true that a determined minority can make some very significant changes in life and, and the majority of people will just side with whoever they think is going to win 
It's true. Uh, if you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have uh, the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. I had a story here uh, about podcasting, and I thought it was going to be – I think it's actually a pretty interesting piece, but I think it's a little bit too in-depth to start this late in the show. So coming up here, how about some good news about the – most marijuana-friendly Congress in all of U.S. history, uh, at least according to Forbes magazine. We can share that with you, and of course, you can share your thoughts with us. Uh, you know, I do like getting a little bit of good news out there, if uh, if I possibly can. As I said, this one comes from Forbes, uh, where Tom Angel, who's a contributor, writes, With the House and Senate heading into a month-long August recess, It's a good time to take a look back at what lawmakers have accomplished so far this year when it comes to marijuana reform. It's unquestionable that the 116th Congress is the most cannabis-friendly Congress in history. Seven months into the session, there have already been seven hearings on cannabis. A marijuana banking bill has passed a key committee, and the full House adopted a far-reaching amendment to block federal interference in state legalization laws. And those are just the highlights. Justin Strickall from Normal, that's the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, says, quote, Congress has never moved this far, this fast on marijuana policy, period. Representative Earl Blumenauer, who's uh, from Oregon, has worked for decades to end marijuana prohibition, said that those, quote, long overdue efforts to reform our outdated cannabis laws are finally resonating in Congress. Well, it only took decades, but finally they seem to be taking this issue seriously. You know, I, I kind of got a little problem with this. All right. And my thing is this. They say, you know, legalizing, but they're really, they, they don't really mean that kind of like, like, oh, oh, legalizing. You mean like, so like, like I could grow it, I could sell it, I could buy it, I could. Yeah, that's oh, not what they mean. Oh, not that kind of legal, Dave. No, no, no. You've got to still bribe the government. And, right. You know, and. Got to get a permission slip. That to me is still a, a major issue. Like who That's are a these guys? State. Yeah. yeah, who are these guys that can take away your natural born rights and then try to sell them right. back to you? So you're right. The, the idea that you don't have the right to dig a hole in the ground, drop a seed in it, cover it up with some dirt, and wait. Like that's what they're saying to you. You have to have a permission slip to do. Like, dear Earth. Can you hear me out there, Earth? Who are these guys that Earth are trying to, to say they Earth to Earth? Who are these guys that are trying to say that we can't grow a natural plant that you provided here for us, yeah. but that you have to pay these goons, government goon, tyrannical people? It's crazy. I want freedom. Yeah, I want it. Me too. Um, more on the way here, though. You know, either way, I'm I'm totally with you on this, Dave. Uh, I also agree that we need to just end prohibition and not have a legal structure built on top of this plant. Unfortunately, the politicians aren't likely to see it that way. Uh, so we'll tell you at least there's still a little bit of progress at the federal level, and we'll explain some of it coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us on the radio. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. You may join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. We have enough time for you if you jump on the lines now. With you tonight, it's Ian. Silver Dave. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Yeah, you can. Right here in these remaining moments, we have enough time for you. In fact, uh, there is somebody on the line on our Discord server. Uh, I can't quite read it. Sarah, I think, from New Mexico. Sarah. 
Hi, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, well, hello there. I, I want to talk about the red light cameras. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Sarah. Tell us about them. Well, I think they're a good thing. And, uh, yeah. Uh, this was not a well-planned call, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a good thing. And, uh, yeah. I really like red light cameras <laughs> in the red light district. My bedroom. Who is this, really? <laughs> hey, who are these guys? Uh, tax feeder. Tax feeder. Yum. All right. So that was your int- attempt to uh, do oh. an impression of a long-lost hey. caller now who has hey. not called the show for two months, I think, or close to two, not quite two months, but uh, we hadn't heard from her since before we went to Porkfest. Yeah, I miss Sarah. I wish she could come back. I don't I don't know what's happening. I don't know what happened either. I don't know if anybody out there knew what other shows that she called, because I know she was noteworthy for for calling like a bunch of different shows. So I wonder if she's still calling any of those other shows. And if she's not, then I would say it's safe to, to say something bad might have happened to Sarah. Maybe, Maybe you know. Auto accident, some kind of pedestrian. <laughs> kind of... They had to ban these cars. They kill a lot of people. Thanks for the call tonight, man. Anything else you want to share? No, that's all. I right, appreciate all right, it. You feel better now. There you all go. Right. Thank you. Uh, that's how you do it. You get on our Discord server there over at discord.lrn.fm where the conversation continues. There's people in there chatting every single day. It's pretty much around the clock, different chat rooms in which you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. Head over there to discord.lrn.fm. Uh, so, yeah, whether we'll ever hear from Sarah, the real Sarah in New Mexico again, is, uh, is, a, is a good question. I don't know. Sometimes... Callers come, and, and then they go, and then you never hear from them again. Sad stuff, but uh, we move on, because we've got stuff to talk about. Like, good news at the federal level. This is from Forbes.com. It's saying here that this Congress is the most marijuana-friendly Congress in all of history, which probably isn't a very high bar uh, to reach, but nonetheless. Can I add that I don't think that they're marijuana-friendly. I think that they just found a way to make money. Mm-hmm. On letting people have some slight little bit more freedom, but also like only letting certain people be allowed to sell it to them. That's right. At still exorbitant prices. Because now that it's becoming more legalized, has anyone noticed the price hasn't really changed on this? You're stuff? wrong about that. Uh, oh, so, because of legalization, I would say, we've seen a price drop. Over oh, the last over the last decade plus, prices have come down dramatically. Oh, uh, maybe I can. Maybe. I've yeah. seen. Uh, so back in the late 1990s, I'm pretty familiar with the the you know the people that have bought and sold marijuana. I've <laughs> hey, known a how lot do of you them. know? I've known Get a lot him. of. He knows. Uh, I've known a lot of them in my time. Uh, but uh, back in the late 90s, you could uh, get did a not smoke. You okay, could, you could get call. a bag of uh, mid grade cannabis. Now, mids back then would have been some seeds. You'd, you know, there'd be some seeds in the in the buds, uh, but it would be a generally a decent quality of uh, of a bud. Sometimes they were pressed, a little compressed, but not flattened. Um, and sometimes they were like full, you know, buddy buds. They looked nice. Uh, so there's kind of like a range of mids. But you might pay like sixty bucks for a quarter uh, quarter ounce of of mid grades. You can get that level of quality these days. It 
actually, you can't even get that level of quality. You can get like that same kind of plant, but no seeds because they've gotten rid of of seeds. I haven't seen seeds in cannabis in years. I don't mm-hmm. remember. It must have been a decade ago the last time I saw seeds in cannabis. Um, so maybe there are still some markets around the country where you can get seedy cannabis, but at least in New England, um, I haven't I haven't seen it. And so you can get the same quality smoke with fewer seeds or no seeds for half the price. Now you can do it for thirty bucks instead of sixty bucks. The prices have come down across the board, and these are black market prices that uh, that I'm I'm talking about here because we don't have a legal marketplace here in New Hampshire. Now, to be fair, you can actually compare the black market to the legal market in Massachusetts, and it's actually more expensive on the legal market in Massachusetts. Well, and that's see to me, I feel like the prices of the black market are like thousands of percents higher. Then it would be like for, you know, like the price of weed compared to the price of gold or silver. Mm-hmm. Silver is a probably better example because silver is worth like a dollar a gram versus weed is obviously a lot more. Could be 20 gram. bucks a gram. So like, but silver should be much more rare mm-hmm. than weed. Sure. So I feel it, like the is. prices, yeah. So I feel like. The prices still don't reflect no, you're a right. true free market price for Not at a all. farmed crop that you could grow a giant field of if it was like really legal, legal, like like real legal, not just this like pseudo legal like they've got. No, you're right. They don't reflect true freedom. But the but I guess I see. But your the point. increased supply the has brought the gone. prices down. Yeah, so the it used to be that, Dave, it used to be that you had to, um, if you wanted to get a bulk amount of cannabis, you had to move it across the southern border. Right, you had to smug- There had to be a smuggling yeah. operation. Man, my and- bum hurts. I just took this quarter pound yeah, through Connecticut. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd want to put in, you know, bricks of marijuana into some sort of vehicle and travel it across the border. Now there's so much being grown in the legal states, like Oregon and and Colorado, and now like eight other states. I think it's eight or nine states that have it legal. Um, there's just so much supply. One of the the problems is is that because the federal government won't allow marijuana to be sold or distributed, even though it's legal in, say, Oregon, the companies that grow it in Oregon cannot ship it outside of Oregon. They can only sell it there in Oregon. So that's one of the reasons why the prices are higher than what they should be, because they should be able to trade in between Oregon and Colorado and Oregon and California and Nevada. And, you know, right. so if, if like products... A, like could, you mean like a free market... Yeah, or even a free-ish market. Free-ish. Uh, you know, e- even if it was regulated, just being able to trade across borders would increase the number of potential buyers and and make it so a lot of like the product competition. Can move. Yeah. So, like, you know, one farm can do it for less. Yeah. Correct. But for now, if a farm has an excess, they have to sell it within that state. Or if they're careful they can shove some of it out the back door illegally into the black market which is in my opinion why you see black market prices dropping uh because there's this you know they have their ways right like even though the government has a a fairly restrictive system on top of these growers like they have to tag the plants they have to track the plants they have to know where they are at all times they have to have inventory it's ridiculous 
um, they still have ways of, you know, okay, if, if you're clipping the buds off, just clip one bud out of 10 and put it in this bucket over here. And that bucket's going to go out the back door. We're going to, you know, sell that on the black market and make a little bit of extra money. Um, and that stuff ends up going all around the country into markets where it is still illegal but that's brought the prices down here's a couple more highlights from this uh this story in june the house of representatives voted 267 to 165 to approve a measure for the first time that prevents the department of justice from spending money to intervene in the implementation of state and territory marijuana policies uh, the body also approved, and in an uncontested voice vote, a similar measure shielding the cannabis laws of Indian tribes, as well as another adding the U.S. Virgin Islands to an existing law covering local marijuana or medical marijuana programs. An additional amendment to the, that the House tacked on to the same bill directs the Food and Drug Administration to establish a process for regulating CBD in foods and dietary supplements. Also, separate appropriations legislation that cleared the House in June contained language upon introduction to prohibit the Treasury Department from punishing banks for maintaining accounts for state legal cannabis businesses. Now, this would be a big deal if this goes through. Now, I don't know what the current status is, and apparently the Senate has not yet taken up versions of these these different bills. So none of these things are a done deal at this point. But the fact that they had a uh, they, again. They passed at least initially this uh, removal of restrictions from banks being able to hold an account for a cannabis business because that's been one of the most uh, difficult struggles for a lot of these businesses. Even when they've jumped through all the stupid government hoops that they have to jump through to be able to buy or sell or grow marijuana, they then run into the problem of okay, now we got all this money. Uh, from the marijuana sales, but we don't know what to do with it because no bank will actually open a bank account for us because the banks are afraid of the federal government coming in. So if they can change that rule to uh, to leave banks alone who are doing business with marijuana businesses, that'll help a lot of them out quite a bit. So, you know, these are little steps in the right direction, but I'm glad to see some progress in this area. Hey, you can check us out online anytime you want. Join the fun over on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm. And don't forget to download archives and join the AMP program at freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a nice. You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Godard bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godardbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godardbags.com forward slash FTL. Well...